Welcome to the MacCast. This is a podcast that seeks to bring the church world and the art world closer together. My name is Matt Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode. I would invite you to please follow or subscribe to this podcast. And uh, if you're on Apple, a five-star rating and review is always appreciated. Uh, If you would like to advertise on this podcast, you can inquire by emailing me at mattcastworld. That's all one word. MattCastWorld at gmail.com. Well, my guest today uh, has spent most, if not all, of his life in Western Pennsylvania, I would say. He graduated from Edinburgh University with a BA in Communications and Marketing. Uh, He then started and owned his own DJ business for eight years. Uh, No time for wedding stories today. I wish there were. (laughs) Uh, His his first sports job uh, came in 2009 with the uh, Erie, then uh, Erie Bayhawks uh, in the NBA's D-League, not only as a PA announcer, but uh, head of game operations uh, and also sales. Um, He uh, currently does a number of games for the Erie Sea Wolves. That's a double-A club for the uh, Detroit Tigers organization. Uh, And in 2017, uh, he pretty much landed the job of a lifetime. Uh, becoming the public address announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers, which he currently does today. So, Sean Pebbles, welcome to the Madcast. Matt, thank you so much. That's, yeah, uh, that's a that's a lot of stuff to kind of go back on memory lane. That's, yeah, uh, that's, how about that? That's, this that's is your stuff. life. We're gonna. <laughs> this is my life. Yeah. Do you remember this voice? No, we're not going to do that. That's old school. Yeah. Um, I just want to start off. I will start off on a spiritual foot. Tell me uh, about your Jesus story and how he came into your life. Well, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting story because, you know, growing up as a kid, I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, relationship, per se, hmm. with Jesus. I, had, uh, I went to Bible school in the summer. Um, we would do church sometimes, but nothing really beyond that. And okay. so, you know, at the age of nine, when my parents divorced, that part of my life just kind of ceased. And so then I got into teenage years and, you know, sports and girlfriends and mm-hmm. just life and just school and stuff. And so that part never really found its way into that particular part of my life. And even going into college, same thing. Mm-hmm. I did not really do a whole lot in regards to my my faith and my spiritual journey. But when I became a father in my early 20s, uh, that, that kind of changed things up for me. Mm, okay. I was actually baptized the same day as both of my daughters. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, in 2001, which was, which was fantastic. And I, um, my daughter's mom and I, we went and found a church, um, you know, after our first daughter was born, before our second one. And um, word got around that I was a drummer back in the day, and I don't know how they knew this, but they... <laughs> Churches have ways of finding out. <laughs> yes. So I got asked if I would be interested in playing in the church praise band. Yeah. And so then that happened, and then I took the reins of our Vacation Bible School program and became a assistant director in Christian education. So like all this stuff just started to blossom for me. Mm. And I knew that finally, there, like the, the whole 
mm-hmm. that was there was was finally being filled, mm-hmm. and culminating that with the chance to being baptized on the same day as both of my daughters was was very special, mm-hmm. and and I knew that that finally, like I said, filled that spot and, and anchored me to where I ultimately was hoping to be. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's always interesting for for those who have never engaged in religious life uh, during their first couple decades. Um, it almost to me, it sounds like you came to it much quicker than a lot of folks do. Um, although fatherhood always does play a huge a huge role in that. Um, what, like for you, what do you think has been the biggest source of growth in your relationship with the Lord? What do you think has seasoned you the most and, and kind of made things deeper in your, in your walk with him? Finding and knowing about trust in, in the Lord mm-hmm. and, and having faith. I mean, there's so much that goes on in this world that we have to be able to see and hold with our hands to be able to, to, to live. Um, but when you have a solid faith-based life, I mean, the faith is ultimately based on the, the unknown and the unseen, you know, just knowing and trusting and believing that he knows what's best for you. He's not going to lead you the wrong way. Just, just trust in him and everything is going to find its way to work out. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily on our terms. Yeah. It, it, right. Always on his, right. His timing is, is the ultimate in, in, in life for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And that, that can be hard to accept and really believe in your twenties or your thirties, or, you know, as you mentioned, some people even later in life, Yeah, but that's, that's the ultimate destination of being a believer is believing truly in him and his purpose and his plan for your life. Mm. And trust, uh, as a kid from divorce, um, trust doesn't come easy to us. You know, when something like that happens, um, it does feel like trust has been broken in some way. Um, and you're forced to make weird decisions as a kid. And, um, so I, I, I hear you on the trust thing, uh, because our heavenly father now wants us to give him ultimate trust. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people who share that element of your story, uh, probably have similar testimonies, um, about that. Mm-hmm. When you, uh, when you left college, you kind of immediately went into the self-employed world. Uh, did you see yourself as an entrepreneur basically when you started or, uh, you know, a lot of folks just want to latch into something and get a steady paycheck. Mm-hmm. No, I uh, when I graduated from college, which um, this past weekend was the 25th year for me, like from homecoming or whatever. Mm. And when I graduated, honestly, I thought I was going to be like the next big thing in the radio world. Cause that that <laughs> right. was my that was my focus literally from day one when I got on campus was mm. to find the radio station to plug myself in there and just devote everything I could to getting as much experience and knowledge as necessary. So when I did graduate and got in the real world, yeah. <laughs> that opportunities would be there. And mm-hmm. when I graduated, I thought, okay, you know, I did all this, the internship, won awards, and yeah. now I'm like, okay, world, come and get me. <laughs> Didn't happen. Yeah. And so I, I did get a chance to work at an FM station in Erie part-time after I graduated. And then not long after that, I also found out my first daughter was on her way. So mm. I'm thinking these opportunities aren't coming. I'm about to be a dad. I'm 23 years old. Like what, how am I going to do my career now? Like what's going to happen? So I did end up going to a radio station in Erie. Uh, it was Jet 102. Okay. And asked them about any on-air opportunity. Of course, they responded, we don't have anything currently. But 
we have an opening in our sales department. And yeah. so <laughs> always opening in yeah, sales. Always, always. <laughs> so that's how the that started for me in '98 in in the radio world. So that kind of kept me in the business per se. But on the same time, during my time in college, on air and stuff like that, I grew an interest of being like a mobile DJ. You know, people were asking, oh, you should DJ our party. You should do this, you should do that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, I invested in some equipment and it went really well. And, and ultimately over the years, a lot of those people I went to school with had me DJ their weddings. And, oh, yeah. and so, yeah, that was, that was a good run for me. Mm. And uh, it, but it took its toll on me. Mm. You know, we were talking before we began just about busy and time and everything else and that and, and being away from the family yeah and that a lot that, of late nights a too. lot of late nights a lot of weekends and then you have yeah. your like your friday night school dances you had weddings on saturdays mm. and there'll be other places that would want you to come in and work on like a wednesday night or whatever so after a while like emotionally mentally that took a toll physically it totally took a toll because mm. of moving gear around you know three oh, four right. nights a week you know it, it beats you up so i still do it a little bit here and there but from the from my the business that I had, yeah, it, it lasted uh, you know about seven eight years, and you know through the millennium and like all I did all big wedding that night and all that stuff, and mm. nothing crashed and died, right. so everything was fine. <laughs> but uh, you know it was it was a good part of my life because it kept me engaged in being on a microphone, being around music. Because when I was a little kid, I used to uh, aspire to be like I said that radio guy, and he always did our school dances, and I just like oh I want to be that guy, mm. and that's so cool. So I, I've had a chance to kind of do that. I had a chance to do the radio thing for a little bit, and I still do. Even just recently, the Christian radio station back home, WCTL, they have their fall share okay. for for three and a half days. And every fall, and then they do it again in the spring, and they invite me to be part of the afternoon show with a, a good friend of mine, Rich Smith. Mm. So I got a chance to be on air with him you know, for four hours uh, during share uh, two days a week, three days a week. Uh, and just, you know, talk to the listeners and, you know, we're obviously seeking pledge because it's a listener funded radio ministry and stuff like that. So I still get a chance to do that. And that was just earlier this week. Would you call radio your first love? Yes. In communications? Absolutely. Yes. Who, like, who were influential to you on the radio? Uh, the guy from Youngstown, like I said, used to DJ our dances. His okay. name was Bob Popa. Huh. It was a, a hot, hot FM 101. Okay. That was like our hit radio station. Everybody would record with their cassettes, you know, and right. record the top 10 at 10 and whatever. And Bob was always the guy that came to do our dances. So he, he easily was the one that, that as I just, I just mentioned, I want to, I want to be that guy. Wow. And, and, and that was 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. So that's, I really began to enjoy that path. So yeah, Bob, it. Bob Popa for sure. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how local radio, especially how powerful it is, and how because um, you know they almost become guests in your home mm -hmm. every day, depending on if it's morning drive time or whatever it is, they they almost become part of your life. And if they're gone for a day or two, you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Did they you know did they leave the station? Yep. Uh, so that, that there is a powerful connection, um, I think, with radio. So you've always said you were an athlete. And um, you love sports. You're mm -hmm. a sports fan. Um, how did the uh, Erie Bayhawks kind of come into your life? So the Bayhawks started in 2008. 
And that was the NBA's minor league system. They called it the Development League back then, the D-League for short. Mm -hmm. At the time that they started, I was actually, and you mentioned about Western Pennsylvania growing up and living. I actually did live in Ohio for about two years. Oh, okay. I lived in Madison. Oh, nice. And I was in Madison at the time when the Bayhawks started back home. And it wasn't long after that when I was going into the divorce with my first wife, my Mm -hmm. daughter's mom, and she was going to move back home to Erie. That's where her parents were. And the girls were going to go back and go back to their old school and stuff. And I said, well, wherever my girls go, I go. Mm -hmm. So I went back to Erie as well. And I went to a game one night with some friends, a Bayhawks game, because at the time they were affiliated with the Cavs. The first season, they were affiliated with the Cavs and the 76ers. Hmm. So I'm like, this is pretty cool. You know, it's basketball and it's in Erie and it's Cavs-ish. And I'm there watching a the game, and I'm watching the staff members like roam around the arena. I'm like, oh, I know him. Oh, I know. Him. Oh, I know her. And then, and then all of a sudden, I thought, well, I need a job. And I was struggling. I'm really struggling when mm-hmm. when I when I went back, and I was doing just part time stuff. And I was in the ear of the president of the team, saying, hey, what will it take? What will it take? What will it take? So mm-hmm. I can't hire. You, can't hire. You, can't. Come on, Ron. You give me, let's do something here. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, he's like, all right, listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you earn your shot. He said, I'm going to bring you on. You're going to do sales. You're going to do straight commission. And you're going to prove, and you're going to earn it. Okay. I know I can sell. I know I can talk to people. It's sports. It's basketball. It's eerie. It's a, it's a no-brainer. So fast forward a couple months later, they brought me on full-time. Mm, and in the front office, I was the group sales manager. And then like a year later, I was sitting at my desk, and it was the afternoon of a game. They called me downstairs and they said, hey, Sean, our, our announcer called off tonight. And uh, we know you're like Mr. DJ guy, Mr. <laughs> Microphone, everything. How do you feel about doing the game tonight? I was like, well, I've never done sports ever. Like the only other thing that I had done sports related from an announcer standpoint okay. was in 1998. Huh. It was a gymnastics competition. Oh, that's a very different gig. Yeah, Very different. <laughs> it was a weekend thing. Like, you, know, <laughs> you know, like after the dismount, you know. There she, you know, you're like, yeah, not, not, it's, it's a not whole quite. other world. Yeah, and that that came about because a friend of mine and his then fiance, she um, was a manager at a, at a gymnastics studio, and they needed someone to to voice the weekend mm. for the thing. And they're like, well, we know you DJ around town and whatever. And we'd love to have you come and do this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just be, just know that this yeah. is I've never done this, and it came off pretty well. Okay. And I'm so guessing then, it's super low key, right? It's very, very low key. It's very. It's almost like PBS level of. It is. <laughs> yeah, you don't really say much because yeah. when you're when you're at the competition, there's stuff. It's like a track meet, you right? Know, Multiple there's, things. There, there's stuff happening everywhere. Right. Right. So yeah, you don't really do a whole lot. And what they tell me to say, I said it. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it worked. And so then back to the Bayhawks thing. Okay. I did a game that night, and I think I did pretty well. And so then when the next season began, my game night responsibility went from showing seats and visiting with customers and whatever to announcing. They're like, like, you're going to be our guy. I'm Mm. like, all right, let's do this. So that, uh, that was the start of season three and they actually went 13 seasons. They just, they just uh, ended the, uh, the run in Erie Mm. and relocated the franchise. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's my Bayhawk story. And, and I did a lot of games, a lot of games, even, even with the position in Cleveland, I was still able to, do games back home mm. um, because without that and without those people that you know let me do that initially, 
I wouldn't have got what I needed to be able to do in Cleveland. So, right. And I was like, listen, I'm going to be here until they turn the lights off. Mm. And they turned the lights off. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They literally did. They literally did. It's <laughs> over. So. But thankfully, Cleveland was calling. Uh, how in the world did you get the Cavs gig? Yeah, um, it was it was crazy. My youngest daughter and I had gone to Houston after Hurricane Harvey hit in mm-hmm. September of 2017. We left on September 11th, and we came back that next that that Friday. So we went down in a U-Haul truck. Mm-hmm. We dropped some supplies off at a colleague of my wife's school that was hit, mm-hmm. and then my uh, a dear friend Tim lives in Katy, Texas, just outside of Houston, and his area was hit. And so they actually had like a, a a place for people to go and get supplies and whatever. So we went through this big campaign back home, my wife, myself, my kids, and we gathered stuff, like mm. stuff, like <laughs> stuff, yeah, crazy. Right. Like our entire right. downstairs was right. full of stuff, cleaning right. supplies, baby supplies, pet supplies, shoes, clothes. Oh, these people uh, lost case. everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and just... so we, we had people, just friends saying, hey, I've got this, come get this. And people gave me gift cards for mm-hmm. gas and, and, and meals and stuff. So Alexa and I went down and we did the whole thing and, and we had to turn around and come right back. So we were coming home and we were passing literally right past downtown Memphis. Okay. And I got a message from a friend of mine and him and his parents have season tickets with the Bayhawks. And he said, hey, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but the position in Cleveland is open and they're taking applications. I'm like, mm. you're crazy. That That's really. And so I looked and sure enough, it was, it was legit. And weren't you a season ticket holder? I still am. Wow. Not, not, not full season. I have, I've been a, because of the commute, I had an 11 game plan. Yeah. And, uh, and I still have my seats even <laughs> that's, now. That's great. Yeah. And so I, I got home and I, I applied and they were looking for video and stuff. I didn't have any from the Bayhawks because it's just all mumble jumble with sure, the, yeah, the radio stuff. Right. So I had a I had a clip that my wife recorded of me at the unveiling the the season ticket members unveiling for the banner after they won the championship. So this was October, okay, um, of uh, of 2016, the year earlier. So I had this video and I uploaded it to my application, and it was enough because they reached out and said, "Hey, we want you to come over and audition." Mm. I'm like. Okay. I didn't think I was even going to get that, but I will absolutely, I'm coming. Yeah. So I went over, I went through the first audition and it was, we didn't get a chance to be on the floor because they were getting ready to put the ice down for the hockey team. Okay. So there's a lot of clanging and banging and forklifts and beeping (laughs) and all kinds of stuff going on. So we were up in the perch on the club level and we had to just do some reads and everything else. Now you're sitting in this, the arena and there's, it's empty except for the noise on the floor. So your, your voice is just kind of echoing all over the place and it was actually really cool to hear my voice and I was like yeah if this is the only night I do this this is this was really oh, cool man. and so then they had me back for a mock game the next week we had staff members dressed up as players so they wanted to see how you did announcing plays and knowing the rules and how quick you were and all that stuff and I think I did pretty good and then fast forward to uh, October 10th which was exactly four years ago today Wow. I got a phone call. I was sitting at lunch with a friend of mine about 12:30 in the afternoon. And they said, "You know, Sean, we, you know, we appreciate you coming over the two times for the audition, but you know, we didn't get a chance to really talk to you, to get to know you." And so they went through some questions for like the next 20 minutes and they said, "Well, before we let you go, we have we have one more question for you." I'm like, "Sure." I'm like, "Well, we were just wondering uh, if you'd be willing to, to accept the position of the new public address announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers." Goodness. And I'm like, 
Ooh. <laughs> You're about to have a praise party right yeah. there. Oh, it was it was on. And uh and it and it it worked out. And I went over that night just to say hi to some folks and whatever. I didn't work the game. They had a preseason game that night as well. Ironically, against the Chicago Bulls, mm. which is who they're playing tonight ah, on okay. October 10th. Yeah. So Yeah, this, that's why you're here and in uh, my loft here because yes. it worked out nicely with it, it the did. game tonight. So yeah, so it's it's exactly four years to the day that uh, that happened, and wow. uh, I was just because d- to be honest, like that type of stuff never happens for me. Like mm. it would always be the well. There's so much scratch and claw in your life. Yeah, to this point. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Everything is pushing the tranquilized elephant, as mm-hmm. a friend of mine likes to say. Yeah, it's... everything has been you know it's just hard. It's just hard and just uh, yeah you know, and then bam. Something, something, like that something happens. happens, and it's like, okay, finally, you know, mm. something finally is, it has gone right, you know, because mm. of the circumstances and how some things have happened, and and how life has been uh, at certain times. And this, for me, was like, okay, I wasn't the oh, better luck next time guy. Uh, I was mm. the it's your time guy. Right. And that that just changed so much. And uh, and talking about excitement yeah can you even describe what your first game was like it was wild i i got the call on the 10th like i said this is coming right off the nba championship correct no this was the year after this is right after they've been to the finals correct okay yeah because they were they they went on the run at that time three straight finals yeah so now we're in the 17 18 campaign and when they called me on the 10th I wasn't really allowed to share anything with Mm -hmm. anybody, like social media, anything. I could tell my family and the kids and stuff, but other than that, I had to be hush-hush until they officially released all the announcements and everything. So that, I had to be in Cleveland. My first official day on the job was the 16th of October, which was a Monday night, or Monday. And I'm there. We're doing run-throughs because the the home opener is the next night. Now, keep in mind, I hadn't done a, I didn't do a Cavs game. Right. I was hired. On the 10th, I went over. I watched the game. That was their last preseason game. So the next time they were going to be on the floor was my first night on the job, wow. which would have been opening night. So we do the stuff on the 16th. I go back to my hotel because I stayed for that those couple days. And I was sitting there at the desk, and it was about 1230 in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, my phone just started to, like, explode, like smoke. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, goodness. So the, the press release is out, so now everybody knows. Okay. So now, fast forward the next night, opening night, mm. and the Celtics are in town. Okay. Kyrie Irving is back in Cleveland mm-hmm. as a Celtic. He was going to be the first player that I introduced. Yeah. TNT was there covering the yeah. game. And the folks weren't thrilled with Kyrie, as I recall. They were was, not. There's a little bit of bridge, I was going to say burning, but it was more of an explosion. Yeah. It's <laughs> way out the door. So, yeah, it was. So he's going to be the first guy that you announced. Yeah, and he was. Wow. And, and TNT came to me because they carried the game that night. And they're like, hey, you know, we're going to carry your intro live uh, tonight because it was the start of the NBA season. It was the very first game. Right. And I'm like, Wowza. So now yeah. <laughs> now I'm sitting there. I've got that going on. Who still the, hasn't done it yet. I still haven't done a Cavs game yet. <laughs> the lights are on. The cameras are on. The, the seats are filling up. Oh, and here's yeah. LeBron over here. And here's the Celtics and blah, 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 blah. And, and when, it, when it started, I just I did it. And was I nervous a little bit? Of course. I, I, I'm nervous for tonight. I mean, if you're not yeah, nervous, then right. you're, it, something's, something's wrong with you. But, yeah. um, it, was, it was an amazing night. My, my uh, family was there. Mm. Um, Susan and, and the four kids, and it was uh, great to share that with them. Mm. And um, yeah, it was it was awesome, and, and hard to believe that's that's been four years ago. And and uh, yeah, then we took off. I keep wondering what it's like to because there's usually a huge video production 
that goes on before the, before the Cavs get announced because they're trying to hype the crowd mm-hmm. and and just like sitting. <laughs> just trying to imagine sitting through all that because you because you've just done the opposing team. Now you've got to wait, correct? Through mm-hmm. this whole like bam, whatever mm-hmm. they're going to do. Yep. And uh, I don't. It's got to be. I don't know if that jazzes you up or you're just like, come on, come on, come on. No, it, it, it jazzes you up okay. because. And what's great about it is the fact that I've been a Cavs fan since I was a kid. Mm. So I'm I'm a fan sitting behind the microphone. That's great. That's what I'm doing. I'm used to sitting up top, last row, <laughs> you know, anywhere I could find a seat. Yep. But I've been going to games since I was a little kid. Mm. And so that is me up there just sitting down there in front of a microphone. So, yeah, when all yeah. the when the, when the fire is going off and the music and, and then Ahmad does his thing. And, right, right. And, and, and the crowd, like, I, I'm, I got... I got the, the goosebumps right now. Right. So, so you know it's real. And I love it. It's, uh, it. it's truly an amazing production, an incredible team of people that mm. work so hard to put on the show for, for the fans. And, and they don't really know how much goes on behind the scenes. And uh, each, each and every one of them has their hands on this and all for the same purpose, and that is to put out the best, absolute best show mm. uh, for the fans. And, uh, and they do night in and night out. And I... They, my first day when I walked in there, so many people came up to me and said, "Hey, welcome to the family." Nice. It wasn't like you know, oh, the new guy or whatever. No, yeah. it was like, <laughs> "Hey, you're one of us." You know, the mm. welcome to the family, welcome to the team, and that truly is uh, a second family for me in, mm. in up there in Cleveland. And I, I'm so humbled and so tickled and honored to be with them. And it's great because now I'm getting a chance to see a lot of them again because last year during the pandemic, oh right, you know, well we didn't really have. We had fans, but a lot of the building personnel, a lot of the front office people, I wouldn't see because we had to be split away because if you're, if you're close to the floor, I wasn't allowed to be anywhere else in the building yeah. uh, just because of the rules. And so just getting a chance to see some old faces, um, it's yeah. great. Yeah, and, and hopefully, hopefully we'll, you'll get some full, some full buildings here too because I, mean, I know COVID really hurt all that as well. So yeah. I, the fans are going to be excited to come out. Yeah. I um, mean, playing for a packed room, obviously it's just, oh, that's the best. Oh yeah. Um, give me a typical game day for you. Um, when you're like, for instance, today, and mm-hmm. this is not typical, but when you leave here, it'll get typical. Yeah. What, what's kind of, what's kind of a routine for you? Uh, yeah, I get up there, uh, about four hours before game time. We have a production meeting, Zoom now, or I think they like Teams thing uh, that's web based. Just our meeting with the with the group, the production group. Okay. Um, who's who's what? Who's what? And we run through the game script, you know, line item by line item each time out and everything else. Just making sure we're all on the same page. And um, I try to get a quick little power nap if I can, because yeah. obviously it's going to be a it's going to be a, a long, energizing, fun night. Yeah. And if I can do that, and then I'll head inside, um, eat dinner. Um, doors will open. About an hour before. Do you eat pretty light? Very light. Yeah. Very light. I eat and drink very light because when the game starts, I, you know, I'm there. Yeah. So, you, yes. Um, What's the? <laughs> I once heard this said about uh, a golf. I think it was for the British Open. Uh, there was the, whoever announced at hole number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone someone was asking him. You know, it's a long day for you and a lot of golfers because it's an open. Mm-hmm. So there's hundreds of golfers, and he just said, "No input, no output." That's right. <laughs> That's pretty much the rule. Yeah. Just to make sure he stays at his post. Yeah, and I I I very lightly sip, you know, water and stuff and I I do cough drops and stuff and like like right now I have my hot water and my honey. That's a game day thing for me. Okay. And, um 
Yeah. And, you know, and I, I do, I put time in before as well, like the night before, a couple of days before, like I'll draw up like my, my game sheets, you know, to keep track of like the rosters. And that's like my, my in-game like foul sheet and stuff to keep track of all of, all the stuff. And I'll look at names, make sure pronunciation wise, I'm good because right. there's, you know, you get new well, players, foreign players too, right? a lot of foreign players. Oh, yeah. With, with, with the, with the global impact the NBA is now, yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of them you look at, I'm like, Okay. And then, you know, you, there's a lot of resources, YouTube, and we get PR notes from each visiting team anyway, so they'll have, like, pronunciation guides and oh, stuff. Oh, nice. And, they, and if I'm even unsure still, I'll just ask them because they're always physically in the building. But I try to have all of that stuff done way before I even get to town. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be wiped when it's over uh, after a game's finished. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ju- usually just get out really quick and head home, or is there, like, some post-game things that you have to do when the game ends my my duty ends but there's usually friends or family that will come over so i'll go and spend some time with them and and hang out if if not none of that's going on yeah i can basically as soon as the the horn's done and i do my wrap-up reads as the fans are exiting i can exit too and then i'll head home and i'll i'll uh listen to radio you know commentate on like 1100 uh, yep always always on 1100 yeah (laughs) and um they've changed some of the tv stuff now but when i would get home they would have the game replayed so i would actually when i would get back home i would rewatch the game oh wow and just listen to myself yeah and because i'm my biggest critic and there are times where i'm like Okay, three nineteen of the third quarter. I know. I said, "Oh, there it is." You know, you, you hear something that probably no one else caught, but right. but I know. And yeah. and so I I just listened to that uh, to to myself just to 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 learn and use it as a as a as a critique thing. What do you think? Are, what's the biggest do and don't of of your business? What do you think as you're an announcer? Um, yeah, what's what's the biggest thing to just keep reminding yourself? And then what do you really try to avoid? The one thing that I always try to avoid and I just live by is, is just be myself. Okay. And be myself, but don't make, don't make it about me. Like mm. when people leave the building after a game, if no one's talking about me, then I did my job. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I have, I have one role, you know, to be there to inform and not entertain. You know, right. yeah, I can bring energy. I can be excited like the fans, but... There are so many other things and people during the course of a game that rely on what I am relaying that that's what matters. Yeah. You know, the referees, coaches, players, uh, and, and the fans that keep them obviously informed. And if there's a play review and, you know, kind of relaying the information to them and the result of the review and things like that. But informing is, is the job. And like I said, if people were leaving and Twitter is not blowing up about me or people aren't yeah. <laughs> sending me text messages about something I said or did, if, if, if there's none of that, if it's crickets when I leave the field house, then I did my job. Mm. You've never blown up on Twitter, I hope. Has that ever happened? In good ways. Oh, good. Okay. In good ways. So, like, well, <laughs> for example, when it's I... It's rarely good on Twitter. Yeah, when I, when, <laughs> I, when I got the gig four years ago, yes, and... And, uh, and even just the other night, I put something on Twitter about, you know, being my fifth season. And, and then a lot of people were very kind in their response to that. And, and of course, the, the video game thing as well yeah, was, talk about that. was crazy, <laughs> crazy. Let's talk about that now, because I've never known anyone who appears in a video game. <laughs> and now Me you... neither until now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, is the game been released yet? 
The game came out uh, September 10th. Okay. So actually, it's been out, yeah, been out for a month now. Oh, I'm horrible at video games. Yeah, is that's it, okay. Is the NBA, what's the... T- NBA 2K22. 2K22. I knew I'd mess up the, yes. the numbers on that. Um, when were you first approached about this? And like, how do you, how do you go about just doing it? Late January. Okay. I got contacted. They, the folks at 2K looked at the Cavs schedule and they reached out and said, hey, we're, we're including the home announcers in this year's game. And we want... To- Which is a great idea, by the way. Oh, it's, it, it, it makes it so much more authentic yeah. to, to do that now. And so they, they said, so we're going we're gonna to bring you out to Los Angeles for a week. I'm like, oh, L.A., cool. When am I going to L.A.? And and they said, we're (laughs) in January, February, actually. It was was early February, so just just as well. Yes. And so I went out there and uh, met with their team, and we recorded for, I think, four days that I was out there. And I recorded over 9,000 files, 9,000 audio clips. Good heavens. Everything from player names, both... As an ex- as an excited oh. moment or as a visitor <laughs> moment, you wow. numbers and uh, just game situation stuff. Obviously, one of the things I love doing is when you know home when one of the cows makes a three. You know, I have my own little three call that I make. Right, I had to do that. A f- like it felt like a million times. Oh my word! So and I did it with the same oomph that I do. You know, at a game and you know because I had the headset on, they had like crowd noise and stuff. So you felt like you were kind of in that moment and this and the monitor's there and you're looking at the names and and it was like as soon as you heard the beep you gotta go go and go and go and i'm like so then we we would do like maybe 50 of them then we'd stop like okay just give me a minute yeah and and so then it all then i had to go back out in july uh just to touch up some stuff and the game wrapped up and they they put the teaser out for it on on the third Mm -hmm. of september that the announcers were in the game and going back to the twitter thing it was it was nuts. It had to be. It was really cool, and and I and I I'm friends with with some of the announcers in the league, and mm. um so we've so we've all been you know you know you know supporting each other and everything else, and I support all the guys. I yeah. mean, we're so lucky in in this world of how many people that we're yeah. in and professional sports. And there's only a handful of people, right. and there's only thirty of us yeah. to do this, and it's 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 such an, a humbling honor to be with the this group of guys that do this and and now we get a chance to be a part of this video game together and it's it's really cool and i'm i'm not a gamer either trust me okay but i love playing it yeah but i stink so bad at playing the game (laughs) that i and i like to hear like how i sound on the game right so i actually will play as the visitor okay in cleveland Uh and the computer plays as the Cavs, and it usually like smokes me pretty good sure and so i hear myself a lot because they score a lot. Right. Me, I, when I'm playing it, I'm I'm still kind of figuring out. Because there's so many. Like when we were kids, I mean, you had Atari. You oh had, yeah. You had one button. The one and joystick. Jo- yeah. yeah. Now these <laughs> these Xbox controllers. I, you could trigger this, launch left button, nuclear that, missiles up, with yeah, these things. Yeah, yeah. It's like how do you know? Like how do you dribble? How do you pass? How do you shoot? Oh yeah. Uh, but there's so much more you can do with it, and and this game is so deep. I mean, there's hmm. so much you can do with it. Like the career thing like you literally start back in school and earn your way in you negotiate with gms and it's like it's crazy the stuff you can do i don't i don't have the time to do, right. do all, all right. let me just play a game yeah turn it on play the game and then when i'm good i'm good yeah but definitely. it's definitely an, it's an exciting thing and i'm looking forward to doing it again yeah congrats on that That's thank a you wonderful opportunity uh any like favorite moments that stand out to you or, or even like a funny story from from announcing 
Well, obviously the first year that I was there, it was, it was, it was wild because, you know, we went to the finals that year. So opening night that year, again, with just being in that moment, Mm. having my family there was the moment of moments for sure. There was some, some great moments that year, like, especially during the playoffs and we had a couple big buzzer beaters. Yeah. Um, that that uh, LeBron was in charge of, yep. <laughs> and um, you know, and then going to the finals. So th- it was a bummer that you know Game Four was the end of that run, mm-hmm. and but I got a chance to you know introduce the presentation for the trophy and everything, and so it was really neat because that means I I officially was the first voice you heard when the NBA season started, and I was the last voice you heard when the oh, NBA season ended. So I bookended cool. it. So. To be honest, not a bad rookie year. No. Not bad. <laughs> and then over the years, you know, just uh, just some of the some of the games that, that they would come back and win. And, um, again, the, the people that I was around, some of the halftime performers that came mm. into town, mm. just, it, just all kinds of really cool things that are all part of that bucket of great memories. And there's one coming that will be this season, and that is the All-Star Game. Oh, right. Uh, in Cleveland. Yeah. And, um, I can't even, even start to fathom the the, the experience. And, and all the events that surround All-Star yeah, Weekend, the, right? the whole and thing. And you get to be involved in all that? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm stoked. Oh. I'm absolutely, I'm so excited. And they got the logo on the court right in front of where I sit. Yeah. And uh, it's it's hard to believe because it's the 75th anniversary for the league. So wow. it's going to be, it's going to be big. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so excited to be a part of it. Is there a part of All-Star Weekend you're looking forward to more? Whether uh, it's the three-point shot or the dunk contest or whatever. I mean, I've always been a fan of All-Star Saturday night. Yeah. So that that obviously would be cool to be there mm-hmm. live and in person to witness it. And obviously the game itself, because now you have you have every like every player um, that you watch during the course of a season mm. now all on the floor at once in front of you, and I get a chance to be a part of that moment with them. Mm. And I'm I'm very excited for that. I don't want February to get here too fast, but I really want February to get here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Um does uh does being a Christian in in the professional sports world, does it carry any specific challenges than it would for just any other business? I, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. No, we and what's nice is uh they have they have chapel at, oh. at the field house. Oh, and cool. oh, again, we didn't last year, or maybe they still did, but we weren't a part of it. But, you know, the, the, the gentleman that would do chapel would come out and I had a relationship with them and they would give me their chapel notes, you know, and we would just kind of stand there like in the middle of the arena hmm. and there's crowds, of, you know, fans are coming in, stuff is happening, music is playing. And we're just standing there and kind of going over what the chapel message was about mm. you know and like hey well this was tonight's message and they would kind of reiterate some of the hot points from it and we would just kind of chat it up for a few minutes so it's it to me that's that's normal i mean that's it, that's awesome to, to be able to get that added element to the experience of being there and even back in erie they had that mm. as well a good friend of mine um ben de stefano was a uh, team chaplain uh for erie and um i i love it i love it because there's obviously a lot of believers you know, in sports and, and just, you know, anywhere. Uh, and so it's great that there's that opportunity to have that time together, even before competition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, do you get to really crisscross with a lot of other believers? Like, uh, I, you know, I don't know how you find that out because your business is so like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I don't know if uh, I don't know if you were able to do that with either players or management or uh, or other folks in your specific business. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if you get to have those conversations very often. Not as often as I'd like. Sure. But I but those those conversations do take place because mm-hmm. you know again it, it's a family over there. So not that everybody's got their nose in other people's affairs and business, but you just kind of naturally find out if somebody is struggling, if there's something going on in their life and, uh, or, you know, they suffered loss or illness. And so you, you can, you can approach those people. You have a good relationship with them and, you know, to say, you know, Hey, I, I heard about this and uh, I just want you to know that, you know, we've been praying for you and, you know, I'm, I'm here for you if you need anything and, you know, to encourage you and support you in any way. And, and like the, the, the response is, is always so wonderful, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, thank you. Like, they're like shocked that you mm-hmm. would come to them and say that. And one of the folks that works there, Linda, she works literally right behind me. She oversees people coming onto the floor right behind where I oh, sit. Wow. Okay. And, um, you know, she's, she's incredible. And we, we talk all the time just about how good God is. And because, you know, she's had some, some, some challenges. She lost her husband, mm. her, her daughter's been going through some, some difficulty with illness and things like that. And, you know, we, we just, we, we just throw the prayer on each other. You know, there's a lot of hugs and a lot of just, you know, cool. like you can, you can feel it and you know it. And, mm. and that's, that's the same with so many other people that I've interacted with over the years that just by simply walking up to them and saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about your loss or, Hey, I heard this, I heard that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep you in prayer. And, mm. and like I said, that you, you can just tell that, that they, they feel that, you know, and, and I, and I know for sure that if the roles were reversed, they would do that exact same thing for me. Mm. And, and that's, that's hopefully not just in the confines of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I mean, hopefully yeah. that's just life in general where yeah. you identify someone needs prayer, someone needs not even someone to come and speak to them, but just to be there, to be the ear, to be the hand to hold, the shoulder to lean on. And I think if we all kind of do that more for each other, whether it be if you have a relationship with them or for someone you just kind of notice that they're just struggling and no one else has given them the time of day, mm. just to be that person, to be that light, that could be a huge difference maker in someone's journey um, and, okay. and can make a big turn, you know, because you, you don't know what people are going through and you always have to be, you know, just be that disciple. Yeah. Yeah. And it can start all kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the trust, you know, and often yeah. it can establish trust where someone's like, right. I didn't have anybody else to go to. And, mm. and you know, you're here. Why are you here? Why are you, why are you taking time to talk to me? Why me? Because we're all in this together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause there's so much dealing with the media and uh, there's a natural distrust, I think, for a lot of people in professional sports, mm-hmm. not just the players, because uh, you're wondering what's the angle. Yeah. You know, what are they trying to? What do you want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are they going to tweet after this conversation? So it, it's, uh, I totally, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and I'm sure they see that. I'm sure they, they see that transparency in you, and it sets them at ease. And they're like, oh, okay, not a reporter. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it's a natural, right? It's a natural shell that mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of folks hide behind, and not just in professional sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, just all the way around. I want to give you a chance before we close. Um, it seems like you have a, a cause that you have been involved with a long time. It's called the Relay for Life. Mm-hmm. And just wanted to give you a chance to give it a plug. And uh, it may be more of a local thing, but. Um, it, uh, it seems like you've been a part of it for a long time. Yeah. Well, my, 
my wife, Susan, uh, she lost her dad to brain cancer mm. uh, a long time ago. And so that's something that, that she had always done. And when, when we ultimately got together, that's something that I jumped on with. And because A, we like to walk and B, we, we, know, we love supporting the cause. Mm. And yeah, that's something that I've always found good purpose in, in doing whatever it is I can. And uh, yeah, the, and they do the relays. It's it's not what it used to be. I mean, it used to be like a big spectacle and whatever. And obviously with COVID and everything, you know, I don't think they really do the gatherings anymore. But you can do them like virtually, okay. uh, or kind of do your do your relay on your own time now. Just make sure you submit it by a certain date and whatever. But yeah, and and obviously over the years, you know, I've lost family. Mm-hmm. You know, Susan's lost family. Everybody loses family to to cancer. And um, so you know, just doing whatever you can to kind of help. Um, help the cause to help the fight of whatever type of, you know, cancer people are going through just to give them and their family something. So they have that chance, you know, to, to fight and to beat it. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed being a part of for many, many years. That's great. Mm -hmm. Sean, thanks for your time. Thank you. Loved having you here. This was great. (laughs) I want to thank Sean Pebbles for being on the Matcast. You know, it's so amazing to see God in real time make Scripture come to life. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And Sean is a man who does that. He delights himself in the Lord, and and the Lord knows the desires of his heart. And look what he created out of that. Wow, what a great inspirational story. And we appreciate you being a part of the Madcast. Please share this with a friend. We'd love to expand our Madcast family. For questions or comments, you can email me at madcastworld at gmail.com, madcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information, go to our website, uh, including our archives, by the way, at mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time. Mm-hmm.